to create, share, engage. This is the podcast on portfolios for learning and more for educators, learning designers, and managers keen on integrating portfolios into their education and professional development practices. Create, Share, Engage is brought to you by the Mahada team at Catalyst IT. My name is Christina Hoppner, and I'm delighted to talk with Sam Taylor today. Sam is a colleague of mine in our office at Catalyst IT Europe in the UK and a longtime evangelist of portfolios in education. In our conversation today, we'll be talking about the role of a learning designer supporting portfolio initiatives at organizations. Let's get right into it. Sam, it's wonderful to be talking with you today. Can you please share a little bit about yourself and your professional career? Oh, wow. Hello. Um, so I have been involved in portfolios for a very, very long time now. It started way back in 2008. I was part of a team that looked at introducing a way of allowing students to record their professional development as part of their degree programs. And uh, we were looking for a tool to combine all that information that they get from the careers office, from their tutors, from their peers, from work experience. And that's kind of where my journey started. All the way to now, as you say, I'm a colleague of yours at Catalyst and uh, I'm a senior e-learning consultant in the uh, UK office and I hold regular meetings with our clients that have portfolios and Mahara portfolios with us, but I also do consulting to those who aren't um, hosted by Catalyst but offer advice and guidance that way too. So it started off very early um, in my you know, beginning of my career as a learning technologist to now I'm a you know, consultant and I get to talk to lots of different people about the use of Mahara. So it's quite exciting. Do you mainly work with academic institutions or do you also support organizations that are outside of that formal education space? Pretty much to date, it's all been academic institutions. So it's either uh, as part of a university, a college or uh, apprenticeship providers. So very much educational rather than um, training, vocational training. Have you seen over the years that there's been an uptake of portfolios besides the learning management system that everybody has? Uh, yeah, so we have a lot of inquiries about the um, the use of portfolios for uh, assessment, especially when it comes to like practical degrees, being able to show um, students being able to demonstrate their skills, get feedback from their peers, get feedback from their tutors and then from their mentors, but also potentially externally from their um, their employer if they're on work experience. Kind of going back a little bit uh, to your starting days, because I think really 2008 was also when when I got more or less into e-portfolios, uh, just in a different country than yours, uh, not too far in Luxembourg. And so it's really fantastic to, to kind of go back with you to, to those early days. Do you remember what sort of portfolios you asked students to create? Was that more learning portfolios or portfolios for assessment? I remember that Solent University or Southampton Solent University at that point did quite a bit in regards to employability. So it was at Southampton Solent University and it was when I was working with um, Roger Emery and um, the wonderful Dr. Barbara Lee um, looking at, again, about professional development. But it wasn't just about portfolios for assessment that it was actually used for. It was about being able to marry the two together. So you talk about systems being interoperable, so connecting all the IT systems, but it's also connecting all the different areas of your learning. So Solent's mission was to not only produce graduates who are academically aware, but also socially aware, professionally aware where 
So it's all the employability skills as well as demonstrating that they could look at uh, like their subject area and present that they understood their subject area. So some examples of portfolios actually came out of it. So like I said, we started off purely looking at giving every student a space to record personal development and make a plan for what they need to do. So where are the gaps? How can I fill it? And then fill them and record that they filled them. But looking at, well, how can this be part of an assessment? Some of the really good examples are um, the architectural technology students. So these students that are becoming you know, architects and technologists, they, upon graduating, need to be able to produce a portfolio to show examples of work that they've done. They need to show all the certifications they've received, all the um, ideas and examples of projects that they've been part of. The programme lead thought, well, why am I getting them to do it in their final year? Let's get them doing it in their first year. And by the time they graduate, they've gone through the portfolio process. They know how to compile it. They've done it all in Mahara. They know, okay, well, that testimony is a bit old. I'm going to get a new one. And they get into the practice of asking for feedback from clients, asking for feedback from people, presenting themselves as a professional before they've even left their final year. So that when they do leave and they have to uh, apply for certified membership, they've got a portfolio of evidence to show that they meet the criteria as a graduate, but also they have all those skills that they've picked up along the way about compiling, reflecting and presenting themselves to uh, an external audience. So when it comes to building their own website or anything that they want to get their business up and running, they've got all those skills already, which they grew from using Mahara, which was a safe uh, environment within Solent rather than one of these free to use platforms uh, outside. Yeah, those transferable skills are very important. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So some other examples of really good portfolio use with the PR and communication students. So these students uh, in their second year were creating Mahara portfolios, which they were then going to send out to potential employers asking for uh, a placement. So they use it to build their CV. They use it to build uh, examples of work that they've done already. And they actually sent them out to businesses to say, hey, employ me for two, three, four weeks um, during the summer because, you know, A, I need this for my my degree because Solent were very keen on trying to give students real life skills and real life experiences working in the industry. But also a way to say, look, this is what I can do. These are the digital skills I have. Look what I can do already. I can bring this to your organization. You know, thinking this is way back, you know, when, you know, social media and digital marketing were in the sort of like early stages. So having really creative students who could go in and create a really funky uh, skins, um, you know, they were actually able to go in and make their own skins to get their portfolio, their own, you know, kind of like brand and identity, really, really good skills to present to externals. And these students then took these skills on again, like the other students, once they graduated, they knew about building portfolios, they knew about picking all their good bits of work to present and to design web pages for an external audience. Sam, throughout your career, you've always been in a support role, be that at academic organizations and now also at uh, Catalyst. Are there any questions that you are constantly being asked by the organizations that you work with, either from the staff perspective or from the student perspective? There's always two things that come up quite regularly in conversation with them, and it's always either around integration for assessment or it's about creating a workflow that's easy for students to follow between compiling their portfolios, getting feedback, and then presenting it for assessment. So those are the two things, so the workflow. And every university and college is different as well with their requirements. So my colleague Jasmine always talks about universities and colleges being hand-knit. Everyone's created and they've got their own culture and ways of doing things. 
And the beauty about Mahara is that you can design a workflow that fits for them. There's so many different ways of doing it. And if you can't, you can get it built. You can pay for it to be done. Um, so, for example, um, recently I did some work with uh, Griffith College uh, in Dublin, Ireland, and we identified an area which they didn't. There was no functionality in there, so it's the ability to create a template and push a template out to a group. I can't remember which bit it was uh, exactly, but we introduced them to yourselves and you created the functionality, and there it was. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was. I might have to go and look at my notes again. But It was to be able to set up a smart evidence competency portfolio in a group so that it could be copied directly to the students and the matrix that overview paid was immediately attached. That was it, because you could already send templates because DCU paid for that and they wanted to be able to push templates out that had the smart evidence already attached. So that was it exactly. Yeah. So it's wonderful when you talk to the each of the clients because they, you know, they have an idea of what they want to do. They present you their map, their dream workflow, and you try and make it fit. And nine times out of ten it does. And then with the assessment side, if it's either just using Mahara to submit to a group for feedback or integrating it with another LMS. And that's the other thing that they're always interested in, you know. So can my students submit to like for example Moodle can I use Turnitin or our original or any of the other plagiarism prevention tools so it's all these questions that come up and it mostly is down to assessment so it's quite a lot on the technical side then that you're giving support yes yep have you then observed any particular trends in portfolio work because you've now been involved in portfolios for 14 years gosh yes <laughs> believe it right <laughs> in your work with the many different organizations and and your own experience at different organizations supporting your own learners and also supporting faculty and staff um, have you observed any trends or are things coming back that might have been important a few years ago or are there new things that people are wanting to try now with portfolios not that I've seen. I think mostly the people that I've been talking to, it's about, okay, this is phase one. We've now finished phase one. It kind of worked. But we want to make it better. How can we simplify? How can we make it more streamlined? How can we lock down areas? Because I remember you did a fantastic talk many years ago about, you know, portfolios are not don't think of them as templates think of it as scaffolding we don't want to template them we want to scaffolding scaffold the learning scaffold the story scaffold scaffold rather than force people down a particular route and I think certainly from a, a university point of view they want to be able to focus the portfolio use for their own particular area and I don't think they realize you know there's so many opportunities for um, you know expression in presenting information back so as a learner okay I'm being forced down this route, like I have to add text, I have to do this. But obviously, now that you can let students decide how they want to present themselves, so they can say, okay, well, I don't want to do text, I'd rather do a video, or I've created a little animation here, I want to present that way. I think looking at maybe like the assessment policies, it needs to look at you know, universal design for learning. Do students need to have to keep typing? Can they present however they wish, an area that they feel confident and comfortable with, or an area that they you know they feel that they want to express themselves so in the day it was this portfolio was like okay it's digital it's digital let's present with ourselves with lots of different media and then it turned into a you know a virtual an online workbook where they just fill in sections but now I want to kind of bring back the well 
you know, they're meant to be visual. Make them visual. Don't just put text and maybe an image. You know, give people choice of how they want to respond. What have you observed in the organizations you work with in terms of supporting students exactly with that in creating portfolios that incorporate multimedia elements that are not just text or long essays um, online? So part of my role at Catalyst is um, I have a number of clients who uh, I meet with regularly. And this is Mahari users, non-Mahari, so people that use like Moodle or Totara. And it's becoming more and more evident that they are promoting digital skills with students. So the whole DigiCompadu framework about digital learning for teachers, teachers are now looking at things, well, okay, I'm increasing my digital skills. I'm getting more confident with creating digital objects. I need to start doing this more with my students because... They need these skills as well to thrive in the workplace. So when we do look at um, their VLE reviews and looking at other things, I see, oh, there's a whole area about student um, digital skills and digital literacy. This is really, really good because it never used to be there. You know, so it's now been recognised that students are having extra support with digital skills. I think what is missing is being able to allow students to share back, well, I have these skills already and I have these other skills. You know, let me present it back to you, what I can do. So... I remember there were all these initiatives about digital champs and students champs and students supporting staff and each other. And I think maybe you know, e-portfolios could be filling that gap that they need to be able to have a way of being able to present those skills back. There's definitely a big, big difference with promoting the use of digital skills at university level, definitely, that I've seen anyway. I would like to talk about group work. So group work is something that I haven't seen much of recently, which uh, really surprises me because when I left Solon and I joined uh, Cranfield University based at the Defence Academy, so when I started, um, there was very little Mahari use at all. Um, it was on a box somewhere under a desk because nobody really had that know-how of how to uh, implement it. And when I joined, I was like, oh, we have Mahari, but no one's using it. Let me change that. And I worked with um, like Aurelie Soulier to promote that and, and others and the one thing that the Defence Academy and students on these postgraduate defence and security courses wanted were ways of getting group work to work properly. So before it used to be all the group portfolios would be physical binders with like separate sections and a different student worked on a section. And it just looked like five individual pieces of work shoved together. It's like, no, we want some unity. We want it to look like a group produced portfolio, not just you do that, but you do that. But we want one voice, one look and feel. So group portfolios really, really took off at the Defence Academy, especially with the systems engineering students. They used it for their project work. And it was really, really exciting because they were creating these really cool little robots out of Lego and shooting at targets and there was different elements and areas to look at and this is where portfolios physical ones and digital ones work really well especially with Mahara as well with the collections that you could have a page with each phase of the project what worked what didn't work and collaboratively they could work together on updating those pages and building and compiling this portfolio which they then made available to each of the other groups to look back on after the presentation stage at the end so they could all see and feedback and have a look you know outside of the assessment phase they could go back and look and just enjoy seeing how the other groups got on and how they actually got to their outcomes. You know, I want to see more group portfolios. We have to look if we can find that portfolio example because I can so remember the pictures of them kind of on the floor with 
building the bridges and putting the robots across yep. and then summarizing <laughs> what they had done, reflecting on the work. Yeah, let's see if that is still somewhere available online. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a video from Moodle Moot uh, 2016 somewhere. I'll have to find it. We'll definitely link any of the resources in the episode notes so that people can follow up on them. Sam, you mentioned that you'd like to see more group work and collaboration happening. And that's definitely an area that has not been as explored, as you correctly said. And there are definitely great possibilities of doing that. Is there anything else that you'd like to be able to do with portfolios that you can't just yet do? It might be because I haven't explored it properly yet. It might already be there in uh, Mahara, but I want to be able to do more with the dashboard and have uh, different bespoke dashboards for different types of users in there. So for example, you know, you can create an account for uh, an external who may be assessing some students and you have to physically go in and set their dashboard for them and then give them their credentials. It would be really, really nice to have a way of having like different dashboards depending on kind of like your role in the platform. If you are an assessor and you do have portfolios sent to you for review, it would be really good if that block was already sort of there and the dashboard was sort of focused focused around what you are meant to do but then again it's the whole beauty of Mahara because that okay you are there using Mahara for that purpose but there's no reason why I can't then go and create a portfolio for myself for my own professional development it's something that I need to think more about but I think definitely having the option of having a focus per different roles would be something that it could be looked into in future or something I need to <laughs> plan on paper first I think it's really that balance between flexibility and guidance. So that scaffolding again, that we often talk about that in the beginning stages of portfolios, you might give more of a template or guidance around what should go in and then over time you'd lessen that and you might only give them a rough structure and same thing with the dashboards you can have a better experience by saying okay this is what you need to focus on and then they can still explore the rest yeah you know talking about again templating and scaffolding i remember um in both my previous roles uh, as a learning technologist at cranfield and at solent when lecturers did come to me for advice about how to present portfolio-based work to their learners and how to get their learners to use Mahara, you know, when you know, when thinking about learning design, I'd say, right, you've got you know, a number of options available to you. You can give them a blank canvas and a checklist and say, right, I want to see all these things evidence, get your students to go away and decide how they want them to do it. You can create like a template. So just put a number of blocks in there and just say, right, this block, this area here is where you upload your evidence. You can either upload text or you can delete it and add another block. Or you can be really, really sort of specific and just lock everything down so they can't change anything. And I think I was really surprised, actually. That I really thought most of the lectures would go for the locked down you know, version, but a lot of them took the middle. And that's why I was so pleased that DCU did fund the, the block that you were able to change. You, know, you can just drag any block. The placeholder one is just fantastic. And I wish it was there when I was, you know, at Islington University. What I would always say to lecturers is like, well, OK, well, 
what is it you want your students to do? Because I don't want it to be like a wiki situation where there was a time where every academic would come running to me saying, Sam, can I have a wiki in my course? I'm like, why? Oh, because apparently I need it. It's like, no, <laughs> tell me what you want your students to do and I'll support you with what to do. It's exactly the same when uh, Mahara was being rolled out across both institutions. Like, oh, I need to use Mahara. It's like, why? What do you want them to do? And then it's like, okay, let's discuss it. And then you know, decide about how you want to introduce it to your students, you know, so drip feed activities throughout the the term and they can go in and update their portfolio rather than give them their information towards the end and say, right, you've got to produce this portfolio because as you you and I both know, portfolios are created over time. They're not like an essay you can knock out in five hours before a deadline. That leads us actually really nicely into the quick answer round. (laughs) Hope you're ready for the quick questions there. Which three words do you use to describe portfolio work? So my three words are involved, time and growth. So you have to spend time on your portfolio. You you can't just leave it. And and time and timeline, you can join it together because it is a representation of your time on that project. It's meant to show the journey. Involved because... You have to, you know, you have to put effort into it. You can't just do the bare minimum. And also growth is because at the end you can see what you've done over that time. Fantastic set of three words there. Thank you. Sam, you had a second list of words to share. Do you want to tell us about them? Oh, yeah. When I was thinking about all my words, it's like, well, okay, I've got some verbs that I would like to share as well. So I have four. So I have compiling, reflecting, presenting, and also transforming because I feel the portfolio process is very transformative for an individual, if done correctly. Thank you so much for that bonus list. What tip do you have for learning designers or instructors who create portfolio activities? Right, so this one, I have two things that I think they should do themselves. So it involves actually having to use Mahara themselves, okay? So the first one is they have to have a go at creating a professional portfolio, an about me portfolio, just so they can understand the features that are in there and what they can actually do. Also, the second thing is that they have to have a go at creating a presentation or project portfolio as well. So they can understand two of the many ways that you can use Mahara. So create a CV portfolio and and create a project presentation because then they really understand what goes into it. So when they're advising, supporting uh, students, they know exactly what terminology to use and what to expect and how long things take. So definitely try before they start advising on how best to use it. That then goes into the third question. What advice do you have for portfolio authors, be that students or professionals using it outside of an educational context? Do not leave it to the last minute. It's meant to capture your journey. It's not meant to be a, how can you reflect and grow if you're just thinking about the then, you know, then and you know, here and now. You need to be able to look back and show that you have changed over time using it so whether it's a project and it's nothing personal it's purely what you can observe you need to record as you're doing it because you know memories fade I can't remember what I did yesterday so if I'd have recorded stuff every day it's good to look back on and so yeah do not leave it to the last minute do it as and when you can so little and often rather than everything at the end Thank you so much for sharing some of your insights from having worked with portfolios now for well over a decade Sam Now over to our listeners. What do you want to try in your own portfolio practice? 
This was Create, Share, Engage with Sam Taylor today. Head to our website podcast.mahara.org where you can find links to resources that she shared and the transcript for this episode. This podcast is produced by Catalyst IT and I'm your host, Christina Höppner, Project Lead and Product Manager of the ePortfolio platform Mahara. Our next episode will air in two weeks. I hope you'll listen again and tell a colleague about our podcast so they can subscribe. Until then, create, share and engage.